Hello, it's Bria, Katie, and Lawton from the Office of Student Life and Leadership. Welcome to another episode of Heal Talks. This podcast is dedicated to providing you with leadership development and civic engagement content through honest conversations and storytelling from UNC students, staff, faculty, and community members. We believe that leadership is a learned process, so thank you for taking the time to learn with us. With that being said, let's get into the episode. Hello, everyone. My name is Sarah Levine. I'm the Student Activities Program Coordinator in Student Life and Leadership. I use she, her pronouns, and I'm super excited to be here with y'all today. Thanks for joining us, Sarah. We are so excited to have you on an episode. I have been plotting and thinking about an episode to get you on, and I thought, why not bring in Sarah, who's just so great at always reflecting and looking at ways that you can improve your leadership to have you on our self-awareness episode. I think in our (laughs) office, you do a really great job of embodying self-awareness and leadership. So I just thought it'd be great to have you on here and to chat. So thanks for joining. Bria, thank you for the high compliment because I think that that's going to show up in our conversation of of how I perceive that. But I um, I appreciate and I'm honored to be able to talk about this and uh, looking forward to, you know, the reflection that's going to happen today and also the external processing that I am super well known for. (laughs) Yes. So to start off the episode, we ask all of our guests, what does leadership mean to you? Yeah, and that's such an important question and something that I've you know, I think I I tried to be reflective on because I think it's also evolved for me of what leadership means. But um, leadership to me is something that everyone is capable of and just finding their form of how that shows up. Um, So I don't think every leader looks the same. There's extroverted leaders, there's quiet behind the scenes folks, there's people who are a leader best in groups, there's people who really do well, you know, individually. And so leadership to me is unique and you semi define it yourself. Um, And also, I think that your surroundings help define that for you. But all in all, leadership is uh, knowing for you and how you show up to support your goals, surroundings, and projects you're working on. That's wonderful. So getting into self-awareness and processing how someone might internally view themselves versus how other people view them. And we already kind of touched on this in the beginning. How do you think those around you see you as a leader in comparison to how you see yourself as a leader? Yeah, yeah. And again, Bria, like such a good question and something that it's kind of scary to think about, right? Like you don't always want to stop and say like, how are people, you know, viewing me? And and sometimes that has a negative impact on yourself too. But I think when you're talking about and thinking about how you are a leader and your identities that, you know, tie into who you are as a leader, you have to reflect um, because, you know, you could be causing harm to others or, you know, if, if folks aren't giving you feedback or you're getting feedback and not doing anything about it, like, call a timeout and and really reflect on that because that's not really, I don't think that's good practice in leadership personally. Um, And so I think when I think about how I see myself as a leader, um, I mean, I want folks to see me as a servant leader, someone who cares. Um, I'm definitely, uh, my ultimate goal is to be a leader of people and a role model. Role model is a big word for me um, and it's something that's at my core of like who I am and uh, ultimately, like when I show up or when I leave a space, like my hope is that I role modeled behavior that I expected from others and that I didn't ask anybody to, 
you know, do anything that I would never do. Now, when I stop and say, do other people see me that way? I kind of cringe, you know, I'm like, oh, I really hope so. And <laughs> I, I, I want that to be how people see me. But uh, I think I, and I'm going to get vulnerable for a second. I think like I question, you know, if, if I'm doing enough or did I show up enough for that person? Am I enough in the roles that I've been selected for, uh, which is the incredible term of imposter syndrome that is, is real, you know, and I think that that, that really impacts how I reflect on how people see me. But my ultimate hope is that people see me the way that I see myself as a leader. Uh, and I think that if that's, if that's true, words of affirmation is really helpful for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want to detour for a quick second because you brought up yeah. how role model is so important for you. And I was just wondering if you want to share or feel like sharing like where that came from, like what sparked being a role model to be so influential and so important for you? To be really honest, I think that uh, role models stems from responsibility. And I think that that is something that I have felt my whole life in multiple avenues and something that my parents who are my role models um, really instilled in me and my, you know, mentors throughout my college experience and now as a professional staff member. Um, I think role model is interchangeable for me for responsibility. I feel a sense of responsibility. Um, but I also think that if I reflect on why I feel that so much, it connects to me wanting other people to feel responsibility for themselves and how they show up. And I'm never going to ask somebody to do something that I've never done or wouldn't be willing to do, um, or at least be transparent and say like, look, we'll do this together, but we got to figure it out. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I think that that really comes from, from that want um, and my own, I guess, like just how I want to show up in spaces, you know, and I want to be, um, I want to be a better ally. I want to be, you know, a, for lack of a better way to say, I want to be a good person. And so I think that that all like ties together and I, I want to, I want to be a role model. I like that. I like how it starts out as a centralized place. And I think for you, responsibility is like a very core value if that's mm -hmm. what I'm interpreting correctly and yeah. that you show that via being a role model so that's just a really great little backstory thanks for sharing yeah thanks for asking that question Bria and I think definitely leaving this you know conversation too it, it continues to be at the core of my reflection of like how does that all tie back so so thanks for asking that of course so now I want to get into, we've talked about how you see yourself and how you want others to see you, but also in being self-aware, um, leaders have to understand how they will define progress and success for themselves. And we've touched on imposter syndrome. And I think that also goes into not defining success based on what other people have accomplished. Um, so how do you define that for yourself? First of all, yes to that. And that is a life lesson that I think I'm still grappling with because sometimes that still comes into, into fruition for me. You know, sometimes my, my progress, I look for affirmation from others, you know, especially when I'm in a team, especially when I'm working on a project, especially when I'm doing something that's very 
um, you know, like forward facing, I, um, I crave it. I crave the, the affirmation of like, yeah, Sarah, that looks great. Or wow, like, thanks for stepping up and doing it. And um, I feel a little guilty saying that out loud, but I, I'm going to be honest like that, that energy gives me the motivation to keep going mm-hmm. or to in re- reinforce that I am progressing and that I am doing well. Um, and something that I think, um, and I said this earlier, like leadership evolves, right? When you think about how you show up as a leader and how your leadership grows, part of my evolution is I, I need that to, you know, I'm using my hands like people can see it, but I need that part of my progress requirements to reduce and to really listen to that internal voice of like, no, you're working towards a goal and you're putting your best efforts and Mm -hmm. uh, you're producing your abilities. You know, like, I hope that makes sense. It does. Yeah. And so I think to, to go back to like how I define progress, um, something I wrote down when I was reflecting on the question is like, it's a feeling, you know, like quote unquote, it's a feeling that um, I get that um, intrinsic energy and I'm like yeah I did that or I checked that box on my to-do list of progress and um and I know that's like not a really good uh like tangible thing for me to track progress but I think how it shows up is you know checking the checkbox or um getting that uh email sent or you know working towards that goal and you start to visually see it you know if it's something physically that you're working on for yourself not even necessarily you know work-related project part of leadership is your own reflection um this might sound wild but like for me getting invited and asked to speak on this podcast is a moment of progress you know like that's that's a really cool thing and i'm honored and that shows that um, going back to like how others see me, like Bria, you asked me to be a part of this and that tells me that I'm, I'm doing something right in our relationship. Um, kind of a, kind of a ramble, but I think hopefully that answered the question. Yeah, no, of course. Like, I think you gave us a wonderful, like overall all encompassing, um, reason for how you define progress and success for yourself and I love how you touched on that like you might not necessarily measure something tangible but that it works for you and that's all that matters um, yeah. I think that's really great and just noting that progress and success doesn't always have to be tangible it can be a feeling it can be that sense of like accomplishment that you get so I love that aspect of what you shared um I guess you also sparked another question, which yes. kind of still goes into the <laughs> questions that um, I had prepared for today. But how have you worked to balance um, using external uh, affirmation and validation to motivate you with the fact that you also want to be able to rely on your internal validation to say, I can do this. Let me keep pressing forward. How have you found that balance? Ooh, Bria, I feel called out a little bit because I don't know if I have an actual answer. <laughs> um, I'm, again, being vulnerable, I think that I'm still really working on it. I don't think I've fully found that answer. And uh, for me, I think in the moments where people are willing to give the affirmation, I think when I was younger, you know, I sought it out. You know, I would say like, how am I doing on this? Or, or what does that mean? Which is not bad, right? Like it's good to to seek out affirmation but the reasons you seek it out I think is is the the balancing of it and so um, I think I'm trying to remind myself like it's good when my you know supervisor or coworker or students give me that feedback but 
I've also grown enough to say, whether they said it out loud or whether they, you know, gave me some constructive criticism, that's still feeding my ability to process. Um, but again, like, I think I'm still navigating that because there's still a part of me that, that really thrives off of, you know, hearing the verbal affirmation and wanting to work on it. And it's an everyday thing that I, I have to continue to work on. Well, I think you answered it well for not <laughs> feeling like you had an answer. I want to commend you. You Thanks. gave a great <laughs> response. Um, so touching on the fact that we are living in different times mm. and these times are very kind of unexpected. I would have never guessed that this is how 2020 was going to go. So how do you stay grounded when you feel overwhelmed? Um, because unfortunately, these are some overwhelming times and um, having that sense of self-awareness, how do you keep yourself grounded or keep yourself in balance to say, I might need to take a step back today? Um, yeah. Yeah, such an important question. And again, something that I think um, 2020 has taught me to pause even more. Um, if you would have asked me this question, you know, a year ago, I would have given you such a different answer. Um, because I think that the pandemic and working from home and being in a virtual setting, I think I've actually learned better how to say no and how to pause. Um, and I was really worried about the opposite happening. You know, having my laptop in my home, working from my couch or working in my guest room, you know, having my dog distract me, you know, all the things like I was, I thought it was going to be um, a lot easier to fall into the trap of, well, like I'm already here, so I could just keep going or, um, you know, like I know it's already seven o'clock, but let me just send like five more emails. You know, I thought I was really going to fall into that trap and um, I didn't. And so I'm really thankful for that. And so I think staying grounded um, I come back to almost like my um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know, like I think about um, if I don't do this today, you know, will tomorrow not happen? And if that's not the case, it can wait. And I think that's something I've really had to remind myself and, and come back to it. And so when it's, when my stomach starts to growl and I'm ready to eat, but I still have three more emails, like, those three emails can wait and I'm going to, and I'm going to make this food or, or do whatever I need. And I, I think, and hopefully those are, you know, tangible examples that other people can relate to. And, but that's how I stay grounded in the self-awareness of like, I'm working towards a goal and I'm doing these projects, but like my self-care and like who I am as a person, like there's only one Sarah Levine. And so how are you going to take care of her to make sure she gets to the end of the project? Because I want to celebrate and be a part of it too. Uh, I don't want to be, you know, so exhausted that I'm just like on the sideline and, yay it's done move on to the next thing you know does that I hope that makes sense <laughs> now yes to Maslow's and yes to taking yeah. a break when you're hungry <laughs> because I also share that sentiment of I'll be like oh I'm hungry but I have like two more emails left which one am I gonna pick so I I relate to that that resonates with me yeah. um so yes I think you provided very realistic uh, examples of what people right. might go through when trying to decide <laughs> whether or not to pick like a basic need over going above and beyond. Um, so lastly, before we wrap it up, how have you practiced and developed your self-awareness to get to the point where you are now? Yeah. 
Um, I think that one of the first things that definitely comes to mind is honoring my emotions. Uh, so for my, my folks who are listening who love, you know, strengths quests and all the personality assessments, I am a true blue through and through. That is who I am. That is how I show up. I am all about the feelings. Let's sit and process and reflect and talk about it and wear my heart on my sleeve. You know, like that's just something about who I am and again, ties back into that role model and responsibility and, and all the pieces and, and how I show up, I think as a leader. But, um, when I think about how I've practiced my self-awareness, part of that is connected to owning that part of me, you know, I've received a lot of feedback that I care too much, you know, you care too much, you give too much grace, you, um, you put people before who you are and what you need. And um, yes, there's good constructive feedback in those conversations. And I, and I do want to work on that, but also like I am who I am. And I think that's, that's another like core of how you define your own leadership and it doesn't work for everyone. Um, and that's a big lesson I had to learn because, you know, coming with those feelings, I also really care about relationships and connections and, um, uh, for another, you know, leadership uh, strengths quest job, I'm also a woo, you know, and so I want to find those connections with others and, and be able to have a relationship with everyone. But, you know, if, if I'm too sensitive for you, or, you know, I'm not your style, like, that's also okay. Um, and so I think that that's, that's developed in my own self-awareness. But, and this is the but for me, I also have to learn how to be adaptable to who I'm working with. So something I reflect on is, for my students, you know, who I supervise or advise, you know, either relationship, I have to show up how they need me to. And that's the flexibility and also the vulnerability to say like, hey, you know, this really is kind of out of my comfort zone, but I'm going to work really hard to make sure that you're supported and successful in what you're doing. Um, and so that's not always easy. And it's not always something that I like to pause and, and think about. And sometimes I have to get called out about it. Sometimes I need my, my folks to say like, hey, Sarah, like come back you're going down the rabbit hole of feelings and I'm not really there today. Great. Thanks for the callback. Thanks for bringing me back to where we are in this moment. Um, and so I think that that's just something I try to bring into every day and also my own self-awareness. I hope that through my, you know, wanting to process and wanting to be vulnerable and wanting to talk about those things that I'm also helping influence others to do their own self-reflection on their own leadership styles and, you know, trying to instill leadership in others that's part of my awareness and my own development. Uh, so it's an everyday project for sure, 100%. Well, Sarah, this has been wonderful. It really has. You've touched on a lot of great things that I think our listeners needed to hear, needed to relate to, needed to just have that affirmation to have somebody else say, look, I have gone through the same thing. I'm still working on it. I'm still developing. So before we close out, is there any advice that you want to give to a listener who might be on their self-awareness journey and might be kind of like at a standstill? I think that the one thing I'd want to share is get comfortable with the uncomfortable and push yourself to those limits and you know, lean on the folks who are around you to help you process through and kind of get through some of those pieces that don't feel comfortable or, you know, that you're working on or projects and, and working on that self-awareness. I just think 
and it ties into a lot of things that are coming to mind right now about being a leader and, and what it is, but I think vulnerability is the one thing that I always respect and look for for someone who I define as a leader. Uh, and so just encouraging folks to, to dive into those conversations more frequently and finding individuals that they can have those conversations with. Uh, and don't give up on yourself because you're you and we need you. Well, y'all, Sarah Levine here with the wonderful advice, the relatable conversation. And Sarah, we appreciate you for being who you are. You know, we appreciate that. So thank you so much for joining this episode. You have made it spectacular and amazing. And oh I'm glad you're back soon. <laughs> I really yes, do. Thank you so much, Bria. Thank you so much. It's been an honor. And uh, if folks are listening and they want to chat more, please don't hesitate to reach out because, like I said, I love to talk. <laughs> yes. Come by SLL and see Sarah Levine. Shoot an email. We'd love to have you. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Bria. Thanks, Sarah. Check back in with us next time for more leadership conversations with our engaging and inspiring guests. Be sure to like, comment, and share Hill Talks wherever you are listening. We will catch you next time. Peace.